0: Hey, what's up y'all? Welcome back to Sweet Talk Radio. It's your girl Naya. Today I'm going to be doing this episode by myself because we're talking about one of my favorite wrestlers in the entire world. Um, Before we get into things, I just wanted to say a few words. Um, First of all, I actually recorded this episode like two weeks ago and uh, I was sick at the time so I kind of didn't really love how it turned out and I wanted to re-record it and lo and behold... Here I am, a day before the episode's supposed to go up, and I'm sick again. (laughs) So, uh, pray for me, first of all. Second of all, um, just apologies in advance for any stiffles, sneezes, whatever. I might just sound like a whole gremlin right now. Um, I apologize. I really wanted this to be perfect because I worked really hard on this analysis and writing this. But, you know, there are some things that are just out of my control, and I cannot help it that I apparently have the immune system of like a 97 year old granny at this point in time but um today we are talking about one of my favorite wrestlers and one of my favorite storylines to come out of wwe in like the last five to ten years so hopefully you guys really enjoy what i put together for you guys today let's just go ahead and jump into it like i said today we're talking about jay Uso and jay Uso before 2020 his career was Widely defined by his work as a tag team wrestler. He was considered one of, if not the greatest tag team of all time, alongside his twin brother Jimmy. The two had six championship title reigns and participated in a historical tag team championship match in Hell in a Cell against the New Day, which went on to be called a classic. He was more than well accomplished as a tag team wrestler. If he had retired before September 2020, he'd already be a certified Hall of Famer. What makes 2020 so special was Jay doing the unexpected expected. jay redefined himself and showed us parts of himself we had never seen before when jay first won the right to face roman reigns at clash of champions anyone could have guessed it would be a competitive showdown between the two cousins but jay raised the stakes and changed his entire narrative in a single moment i will never forget the moment he mumbled out what if you're wrong almost as if he was afraid to finally say what he really really felt he poses this question to roman but it could also be posed to wwe universe as well After all, Jay was a tag team guy who had spent the summer doing nothing besides hosting a random karaoke competition amongst the women's competitors. And realistically speaking, did anyone really think that he could beat Roman Reigns, let alone be the champion? Well, what if we're all wrong? He asks. Next, in the promo, Jay decides to challenge Roman to think of things from his perspective. He asserts that Roman doesn't know what it's like to be doubted because Roman has always been given the opportunity to define himself. Do you know what people say when they see me, Jay says? Which one are you? I'll never forget the moment he gritted out these words as he choked back his emotions. In a single line, everything about him became so abundantly clear. Up until that moment, Jay Uso had never just been Jay Uso, an individual with his own identity, motivations, goals. He'd just been one half of the Usos, half of the famous tag team, and not much more. No one really knew anything about Jay beyond the surface level. In that moment, Jay was vulnerable enough to reveal that no one, not even his own cousin, had ever considered how that made him feel. Suddenly, the story became about so much more. It wasn't just about a championship. It was about the fact that Jay Uso was so much more than a twin. He had so much more to offer as a competitor, even without his brother. Especially without his brother. Following this promo, Jay and Roman went on to have... Two elite level matches, the magic of which is yet to be replicated or outdone by anyone else Roman has faced in his historical title reign. At Clash of Champions, Jay makes his entrance wearing a red lei. In Samoan culture, the color red is symbolic of royalty. It makes sense Jay would wear a lei of this color. He's not just fighting for the championship, but the right to sit on the metaphorical throne at the head of their proverbial family table. Throughout the match, Roman constantly talks down on Jay, and consistently has the upper hand over Jay. But, this is where we get our first real introduction to who Jay really is. He's resilient, he's headstrong, even to his own detriment, and he wants to prove himself. Even when Roman decides that it's not enough for him to pin Jay, he must acknowledge him. Jay not only refuses, but does so even as Roman continues to pummel him. The ref? Commentary? Paul Heyman, everybody, is begging Roman to stop and encouraging Jay to just give up, but neither man complies. It's not until Jimmy hobbles out on one leg and throws in the towel on his brother's behalf that Roman decides to spare Jay. To put the final nail in his cousin's coffin, Roman crowns himself with Jay's red lay. Despite the fact that Jay technically lost this match, no one can say that he ever gave up. The saga continues to Hell in a Cell, and somehow the stakes are raised even more. They have the first ever Hell in a Cell, I Quit match. And if Jay loses and refuses to fall in line like Roman asks, he's no longer in their family. This time, Jay makes his entrance wearing all white, including a white lei. Michael Cole mentions on commentary that the white lei represents culture, family, celebration, and opportunity. Arguably, the most important thing to both Jay and Roman is on the line this time their family i also want to point out that in traditional film and media white represents peace which could be argued that this is something that jay really wants he doesn't want to have these issues with his cousin he doesn't want to have these issues in his family he just wants to have peace But this time, everything is about family, and once again, Jay aims to prove that he, too, is capable of making their family proud. Watching this match never felt like watching a wrestling match. Even from the first lockup, it felt like watching a dramatic play, almost Shakespearean in nature. There was dialogue, physical emotion, and every character, from the refs to Roman to, of course, Jay, played their role exceptionally well. One of my favorite moments in this match comes when Roman says, Now look, you're making everyone think that I'm the bad guy. While very obviously Roman is making himself look like the bad guy by doing horrible things, I think he makes a good point that speaks to Jay's performance as a wrestler. Jay spent a significant part of his early career in WWE as a babyface, but never in this way. The Usos were always fun and happy babyfaces, not necessarily the guys you'd see as victims or underdogs. This storyline was an opportunity for Jay to show off his versatility. He plays the babyface in Peril extraordinarily, much to my surprise at the time. After all, he's a six-foot-tall Samoan man, not really the kind of guy one can victimize. But this version of Jay is so much more vulnerable and emotional. Until this point, we'd never seen Jay Uso cry before, never heard his voice crack and watch him choke back his emotions mid-promo. We never saw those things, yet he does it all so well. This speaks to Jay's sentiment in his Which One Are You promo. It's something that is very obviously real to both Josh too and Jay Uso because he wasn't a tag team for so long. He wasn't always able to showcase his full range of capabilities as a professional wrestler, not just on the surface level of accomplishments, winning championships, main events, but literally the stories he's capable of telling. Jay's ability to make you genuinely sympathize with him throughout the entirety of this storyline is what made it exceptional, and honestly got so many people to engage with it, and resonated with so many people. With that said, Hell in a Cell ends in a similar fashion to Clash of Champions. Jay is so beaten down, he can hardly defend himself anymore, but he's still not giving up. Roman refuses to end his attack on Jay, and once again, Jimmy limps down with the intention of saving his brother. But Jay is a soldier. Throughout both Clash of Champions and Hell in a Cell, he withstands so much physical punishment from Roman, but at no point was it enough to make him give up. The only way Roman can make Jay say, I quit, was to hurt Jimmy, and that's how the match ends. As the two brothers console one another, Roman makes his way down the ramp, waiting for him are his father Sika and their uncle Afa, the patriarchs of their family, ready to adorn him with the red ulafala. I'm so sorry if I just butchered that pronunciation, oh my god. This piece is typically worn by the High Chief, and this means that the family stands with Roman. If Jay, and by proximity Jimmy, wants to keep his place in the Anawaii legacy, he must humble himself and acknowledge Roman as the high chief. Now, when Jimmy officially returned nearly a year later, he was chastised his brother for becoming a victim of Roman's, seemingly forgetting his own role in it, but that's a conversation for another day. But this led to a lot of people labeling Jay as a bitch. Why won't he just stand up to Roman? Why is he just taking this abuse from Roman? And again, Roman and Jay are so good at portraying this abuser-victim dynamic and giving a realistic representation of what these relationships can be like, or just the simple fact that abusive relationships aren't just between a man and a woman, a husband and a wife, or even like a mother and a father. It can exist between two people who should be relatively equals, two male cousins, but in this situation, they aren't. Roman is a textbook example of an abusive person with narcissistic tendencies. He manipulates and gaslights Jay and preys upon his insecurities. He uses physical abuse to get Jay to do what he wants or to punish him when he doesn't perform to his liking. But with Jay selling and his raw emotions, Jay gives you the victim side of the story as he makes excuses for Roman and lashes out at those who try to help him. Edge, Kevin Owens, Daniel Bryan, even his own twin, Jimmy, try at different moments to pull Jay out of this situation. Everyone from the fans to his peers continue to act like they can't understand why Jay doesn't just walk away from Roman. (laughs) I'm stuck in the middle of this and I don't know how to get out of it, Jay tells Jimmy. Things just aren't that simple for him. Now... This all happens months later. The reason I'm bringing it up at this point, shuffling the story, is because by the time we got there, people had forgotten about this very vital part of the story. After all, he's not just dick riding Robin Reigns for no reason. It's almost disheartening that people forgot this because it's the premise and the baseline of this entire story. Family. In the time following Hell in a Cell, Jay has to choose between his dignity and the number one most important thing in the world to him, his family. That Friday, on SmackDown, he has to make his decision. I hate you, he cries to Roman, when the time comes. Why you gotta do me like this? Because if he doesn't have his family, what does he have? Roman knows this, and if he loves Jay like he says he does, he'd never put him in this situation. But, those were the, the conditions Jay signed up for when he agreed to the match in the first place, so he has to suck it up and make his choice. And he chooses his family, and the right hand man is born. Jay gets to shine for the first time in his career. He gets to shine all on his own. Jay is main eventing SmackDown week after week. He's having amazing matches with the likes of Edge, Rey Mysterio, Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens. No more, which one are you? We know exactly who that is. That's main event Jay Uso. He's no longer whichever Usos mar- not married to Naomi or one of Rikishi's sons or just half of the esteemed tag team the Usos. He is Jay Uso. He's an Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal winner. He killed it in Elimination Chamber. He played a vital role in the main event of WrestleMania. And if you ask Jay, he owes it all to Roman because even though he didn't win the Universal Championship, in a way, Jay got exactly what he wanted from the beginning: his own identity. And that's why he can't walk away from Roman that's why he won't walk away from Roman in conclusion, <laughs> as a j fan, this is my favorite era of his entire career, even beyond this, from um this specific timeline that I pointed out within this analysis um where he's won the championships with uh Jimmy and they're both the undisputed tag title tag champions and uh all the things that they've accomplished since then this title reign uh which has been one of the longest title reigns i believe like in history of the tag titles i'm just so incredibly proud of him i think that the storyline was one of the most dynamic and compelling ones that i've seen in years every moment was entertaining emotionally moving and complex i still don't even think that i really like like checked every box in terms of everything that i could discuss or point out and talk about with this storyline um just because so many things happened and so much was put into it and I think that even now where they're at this point where they're doing these things with like Sami Zayn and Solo Sokoa and Jay is so good at this uh he's so good at the little things and so good at uh like the small bits of his character the facial expressions the small shows of emotions it's like some real like cinematic shit it's some real actor shit and I don't think that Jay necessarily gets all the credit he deserves for that I think that people kind of point out how good Roman does and has been doing since this point like this storyline but like jay doesn't always get that same credit and that's not to pit them against each other i just because i i wholeheartedly believe like this storyline was magical because of both of their doings um but i would love to see more people kind of take notice that jay has like really been doing the damn thing since this storyline and like i can't really name too many wrestlers like not just in wwe not just on smackdown but in general in the business right now like who are really pushing it character wise the way Jey Uso has been um and like in terms of the storyline just the fact that it's still going technically speaking is just genuinely really magical and there's nothing else like it in wrestling right now um, so happy anniversary to this match that started it all. And I cannot wait to see where else this story goes, even two years later, now that Solo Sokoa is involved, Sami Zayn is involved, you know, so many interesting and different moving parts. And hopefully things can come full circle and Jay can accomplish the biggest goal of them all. All right. Thank you guys for listening. I'll see y'all later. Okay real quick I almost forgot but I gotta shout out some of the homies who kind of helped me out with this. First of all my co-host Honey thank you for uh, looking over this and reading over this and also giving me the space to do this on my own. Um, We did record a episode together kind of elaborating more on both of our thoughts on jay and the storyline and uh, his character and uh delving more into the whole abuse and victim dynamic between him and roman so that vi- that episode should also be up already so go give that a listen as well i also want to shout out um my good friend and my jcrr sister Clelia aka Rain Supremacy on Twitter, thank you so much for being so supportive of this. Like every time I got nervous about anything involving this episode, she was the main one who's like pushing me to make sure it got shared cuz initially I wasn't even like sure it was going to leave my, my Google Docs, and she was like, no, this is good, you need to share it, so thank you for being so supportive, sister, um, I also want to thank Lisha for kind of the same reason, for being so supportive, and I want to thank my good friend M, aka and Yonder, um, they're such a good freaking writer, and, uh, they were so kind to read over, like, the first draft of this, and, um, give me feedback, and, um, give me input, as did Clelia. Uh, Certain parts of the episode that I didn't initially have, um, they were the reason that I kind of added more things and uh, thought more outside of the box. So yeah, just wanted to give a quick shout out to the homies. Thank y'all. And yeah, that's it. Thank you guys for listening.